One of Formula One's biggest ever scandals was a Watergate scandal that, unlike the original Watergate scandal, had to do with actual, literal water, like H2O, agua, earth juice. It's a bizarre story, so let's dive in. J-Bomb! The year was 1984, and the team at the center of the scandal was Tyrrell. Tyrrell Racing may not exist as a Formula One team anymore, but they are undoubtedly one of the most influential F1 teams of all time. Tyrrell won three World Drivers' Championships and one World Constructors' Championship between 1969 and 1973, led by star driver and professional hat model Jackie Stewart. They're responsible for creating arguably the singular most iconic F1 car of all time, the six-wheeled Tyrrell P34 that somehow won the 1976 Swedish Grand Prix. And last but not least, the modern Mercedes team, you know, the one that recently won eight World Constructors' Championships in a row, is a direct descendant of Tyrrell racing. But this is not a story about Tyrrell's successes. It's a story about their biggest shame. Okay, that might be a little dramatic, but they did get in a lot of trouble, a lot of which they didn't quite deserve. By 1984, Tyrrell's glory days were behind them. After winning 20 races total with at least one race win per season from 1971 through 1976, Tyrrell entered the 1984 Formula One season with just two race wins in the past five seasons. Part of the reason that Tyrrell were seeing a large drop-off in competitiveness is because they did not have a lot of money, I can relate, and thus could not afford an engine with the hottest new F1 engine technology, the turbocharger. A turbocharger allowed for forced induction that increased the engine's power output. I am not a mechanic, so do not ask me to go into any more detail than that because I absolutely cannot. Embarrassingly, come the 1984 season, Tyrrell were the only Formula One team still relying solely on naturally aspirated engines. Yikes. And it was this difference in engine compared to the rest of the grid that laid the groundwork for Tyrrell's biggest shame. Okay, still a little bit too dramatic. So, it's the 1984 F1 season, and Tyrrell are the only team using the cheapo engines. Tyrrell also had a pair of rookie drivers to really keep costs down. Those drivers were Martin Brundle, yes, that Martin Brundle, and Stefan Beloff. And amazingly, both of these rookie drivers podiumed in Tyrrell's budget mobile in 1984. Well, I should say they podiumed at the time because according to the history books, not only did neither driver podium in 1984, but neither driver even competed in a single Formula One Grand Prix in 1984 because Tyrrell was eventually disqualified from the 1984 season. But before I get into all that, real quick, I'd like to present to you the Formula Bone Support Pyramid. At the top, you can like my videos and subscribe so that the algorithm shows my content to more people. Next, you can join around 1,000 members of the Bone Brigade in the Formula Bone Discord server and become an active member of my awesome community of F1 fans. Next, you can check out the Formula Bone shop and buy some of my awesome merch so that you can rep and support Formula Bone at the same time. And finally, 
The biggest way that you can support Formula Bone is by joining the Formula Bone Patreon, where just $5 per month gets you two additional videos per month, access to my weekly F1 column, 10% off all Formula Bone merch, and more. Links are all in the description. Love the pyramid. Worship the pyramid. J-Bone! The scandal began after Martin Brundle's P2 finish at the 1984 Detroit Grand Prix, which was the eighth race of the 1984 season. Having just finished on the podium, Tyrrell's car was taken in for post-race inspection to ensure that it met F1's regulations, after which it was determined that it did not. Why? There are two important pieces of framing that you need. The first piece of framing that you need when it comes to understanding the scandal, there is a minimum weight limit for Formula One cars, and ahead of the 1984 season, Tyrrell were uniquely positioned to essentially have the only car on the grid capable of being at or below this minimum weight because of their simpler and lighter naturally aspirated engine. And they decided to try and use this to their advantage when building their 1984 car because, well, they needed to do something. They were kind of stinking it up. Key to this whole scandal is that F1's minimum weight limit included the car, but also the car's normal fluids, which allowed Tyrrell to try a version of a highly controversial trick used a couple seasons earlier by teams Brabham and Williams, where you employ the use of water cooling. Essentially, Tyrrell Racing added a water injection system to their 1984 car that included a large tank that they filled with water for the stated purpose of water cooling their engine cylinders, but in reality, the water was only put there to make the car heavier at race start so that it met the minimum weight limit, and then, during the race, Tyrrell would just dump the water out while saying that they were using it to cool the cylinders so that their car was lighter and thus faster during the race. However, cars are weighed after the race as well as before the race, so in order to meet the minimum weight at post-race inspection too, Tyrrell had to fill the tanks back up before they were weighed a second time. When Brabham and Williams topped up their water tanks in 1982, they did so after the race. Well, Williams and Brabham actually each had one of their cars disqualified from the 1982 Brazilian Grand Prix for topping off their tanks after the race. So Tyrrell decided that they would top their water tanks up during the race at their final pit stop to avoid such scrutiny. Now this was kind of weird, but it was totally legal. However, because Tyrrell thought that it would take too long to sufficiently fill the tank up with just water during a pit stop, they decided to fill it up with two gallons of water and then 140 pounds of lead. Sometimes some of the lead shot would shoot out of the car because of the pressure it was being put in at, which has led people to compare the 1984 Tyrrell car to a drivable shotgun. This event happened in Detroit on Brundle's way to his P2 finish, which when paired with the second piece of framing that I'm about to give you, eventually led to the public scandal. Now, the second piece of framing is that every team and the FIA hated Tyrrell and were looking for any excuse to get them out of Formula One. 
This is because F1 rules changes required unanimous agreement amongst all teams, and as the last naturally aspirated engine holdout, Tyrrell were a roadblock when it came to making any rules changes that would benefit teams using turbocharged engines, aka every single team but Tyrrell. For example, Tyrrell were the only team in favor of more restrictive rules with regard to fueling and refueling because their less powerful engine used less fuel and thus it was beneficial for Tyrrell for less fuel to be available to the other teams so that they could not extract as much power out of their turbocharged engines as they otherwise would be able to. So when you combine Tyrrell using a highly questionable loophole that involves their car leaking lead bullets with everyone being out to get them, you get the scandal. After inspecting Martin Brundle's car, Tyrrell were charged with the following four offenses. The first was using ballast that was incorrectly fixed to the car, which I think is, you know, kind of valid considering their car was shooting out lead musket balls and also had loose ballast just chilling in a water tank. Now, Tyrrell founder Ken Tyrrell argued that the lead shot in the tank actually was legal because it had technically been secured according to his interpretation of the regulations. But of course, like they so often are not, the FIA were not having it. The other three offenses, though, were a lot more confusing. Allegedly, the water in the water tank was tested and was not in fact water, but rather a solution that contained hydrocarbons, which made it classify as an additional fuel source. So the other three offenses were refueling, which was illegal back then and is illegal again today, using an illegal fuel, and having illegal fuel lines installed on the car that was referring to the water injection system lines. Now that's a pretty wild result when the initial investigation was just for them having unsecured ballasts. Tyrrell appealed, and despite them having evidence that all these fuel charges were ludicrous and most likely just a result of the water being transported in used fuel barrels, you can't make this up, the FIA just didn't care. After appeal, Tyrrell's final offenses were the unsecured ballast, using an illegal fuel, and having illegal holes in the bottom of the car, which I guess the FIA tacked on after the appeal to make a point or something. As their final punishment, Tyrrell were disqualified from the entire 1984 F1 season with all of their points taken away, which is seen by many as way too harsh of a punishment given the actual evidence. Personally, I think that disqualification from just the Detroit Grand Prix would have made more sense. Hilariously, to really add insult to injury, Cash Poor Tyrrell were also fined by the FIA for no-showing at the season's remaining three races, the three races that the FIA banned them from competing in. What's going on there? My two takes on this F1 history lesson are, one, I legitimately think that Tyrrell might have gotten away with their loophole had they just made sure that the lead shot was always securely placed in the water tank. I mean, it was the errant lead balls that opened them up to the investigation in the first place, so if they just prevented those from flying all over the paddock, could have helped them out. And number two, 
I am a firm believer in the conspiracy theory that at least some of the reason that Tyrrell were disqualified from the 1984 season is that all teams and the FIA wanted them gone so that they could turn F1 into a turbocharged sport. My evidence for this is that after Tyrrell were disqualified, the turbocharger-using teams unanimously voted to make turbocharged engines mandatory for the 1986 season. I'm just saying. Until my next F1 history lesson, folks, J-Bone! Shout out to Colkey and At Rated Bookie!